My name is Joanne and uh, I am going to share um, something that I was reminded of delightfully on Monday night at our um, women's evening life lab session. We are on session 15 talking about surrender and compliance. And um, so a little bit of quickly who I am, how I came to be at this meeting. Um, so I grew up in a family um, that is fairly dysfunctional. Um, there was some addiction that was there, um, which, you know, I think from young on looking back um, taught me um, that codependence was actually a bit of a survival tool. Um, people pleasing was actually of some help to me um, because I often felt like I was walking on eggshells. And so it gave me some semblance, I think, of of peace and keeping the peace. Um, you know, as Vicky said at the beginning of this meeting that um, chaos creating was something that followed because uh, part of my codependence um, was I would control and fix things, people, places and things. I would arrange life to my suiting to make sure that hopefully my needs would get met. And because I was playing God, um, I created chaos in my wake because it turns out I'm not a very good God, that I'm very limited and I don't know everything and I don't know what everybody needs and I don't even know what I need, but I couldn't stop. And so I just kept going um, because, yeah, I remember saying at the beginning of even my uh, or not the beginning, but I'd say like kind of as I was beginning to take my recovery more seriously um, was that uh, I was just trying to get good results for everybody. I wanted everyone to be okay, because if everybody was okay, Joanne could be okay. And so um, I remember the thought as I grew up, why do I seem to care so much um, about other people? And why does it seem like I care more than other people care? Um, you know, why do I have such a hard time letting things go? Why can't I like, I want to forgive, but I can't. Um, and uh, and I can't actually will myself to even let things go. And so I've been searching really ever since, and I wound up repeating this same um, life, I guess, in, in its own kind of way by marrying my own addict. So fun. He's very lovely, actually. But uh, anyway, I got my own addict. And then I learned um, uh, eventually about this term, um, I don't know, maybe within the last few years, emotional sobriety. And right away, I knew I did not have emotional sobriety, even without knowing what that meant. I was like, well, I know I don't have it. Um, but when I learned about it, I knew that I needed it and I knew that I wanted it. So eventually I got desperate enough um, to get help and I became willing to do whatever it took to find peace, contentment, and to be satisfied. I was longing to just be satisfied. And I found God in a new way that I had really been, you know, looking for my whole life. And so I found recovery and um, I found sanity. And so um, as we dig into compliance and surrender, the two terms that I find really helpful, because I find that compliance and surrender for me have been very muddied words um, growing up in the church. Like, what does it mean to surrender? And it's like in all of these songs and like, 
and I, I got so bogged down with, I had no idea what it actually meant. So um, compliance is I have to. Surrender is I get to. So compliance for me, what I've realized as I've been mulling it over even the past few days again is I have to is actually a term of insanity. Because it means I'm on this hamster wheel spinning and running because I have to I can't get off the wheel. Everybody's life hangs in my balance. (laughs) Everybody's well being is up to me. My own well being is up to me, which is insane and not actually possible. And so, but I keep doing it and I'm under the delusion that I actually can. And so um, compliance for me is, is a huge part of um, my insanity. Um, and then surrender is I get to. Uh, so I learned this in recovery, learning tools to actually forgive, to let go, let God, and then um, stepping into a place and experiencing, I think, um with just a freshness i'd never experienced before what it was to be happy and joyous and free and by that i mean finally i was getting out of i have to do all these things to i get to do this life god's way and this is the way that i found is the path of peace and the solution to my problems that i that were of my own making um so where this came out of and um i you know, I noticed this past week, um, my, I have three kids, they're six, four, and two. Um, and so we had two-ish, I guess, weeks of uh, break. And I don't know if you have uh, familiarity with six-year-olds and four-year-olds and two-year-olds and even that combination, but they are in vastly different parts of, or I don't know, parts of life. I don't know, I'm not a child psychologist, obviously, I just make these things. But um, these, they're in different, phases, I guess, of life. And so I'm trying to figure out what the six-year-old needs, who is very busy, has lots of ideas, my four-year-old, who would love to just work on her math book, and then my two-year-old, which like, you know, within a matter of minutes, I can find her on the countertop, finding things I didn't know we even had it in our house. Like the other day, she found food dye. And I'm like, I didn't even know we had food dye, but she found it and she was playing with it. And so um, I, in my head, Mm, came to lots of different parts where I was like, oh man, I'm so tired of this. Like, I'm so tired. This is driving me crazy and realizing I have some resentment here. And I was getting really tired of my resentment. Um, And I also have learned that I cannot afford resentment. Perhaps other people can, but I can't. It um, takes me to really bad places and um, brings me back into compliance and brings me back into resentment and all this terrible stuff. And so um, so I had this moment of clarity and I asked God, all right, how do I get out of this resentment? And um, started naming the fears. And the big fear that I found was that my needs won't get met. And I'm scared, scared my needs won't get met. If my needs aren't met, then, you know, um, my needs aren't met. Like I'll just get angry and frustrated and, um, and tired and exhausted and life will suck. And so, um, I just was like, okay, God, these are, these are the fears. This is what's going on in this resentment right now. And then how do I get a new attitude and how do I let this go? And, um, so I was in, 
a brief moment, a very brief moment of prayer and meditation. And um, God was like, what are you grateful for? And I began, I was like, okay, fine, I'll make a list. So I started making my list of all the things I was grateful for. I actually am grateful for my kids. Um, I'm grateful for a break together. I'm grateful for Christmas. I'm grateful for a vehicle to drive to get from here and there. I'm grateful to be able to go grocery shopping and to buy groceries. And the list went on. And suddenly, as I've made this list, it was actually really hard to stay in a mindset of compliance. Um, and quickly, my life turned and my attitude turned to, I get to. And actually, I'm really glad that I'm here. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I asked myself like this question over the last couple of days, like, how have I been compliant with my recovery, with my relationship with God? Am I sitting here being like, oh, I have to pray. I have to meditate. I have to do these things or else. Um, or, you know, am I going to be able to get into a place of surrender where I get to? And um, I do believe that a part of denial is compliance. Like I can be even in denial of my compliance, not even realize that I'm going through life with this big list of have tos growing more and more bitter and resentful. Um, and as I journey this highway of recovery, little by little, I've seen God touch on these parts of denial um, that I still have. And he continues, if I'm open and willing, he's going to still reveal more and more stuff to me. So this is not a one and done thing, by the way. Recovery, if you thought it was this thing that you just do these 12 steps and then you're fixed and then you just go on your merry way, <laughs> it's not what it is. It just comes back. <laughs> it's like... um. I don't know. I'm not very good with medical stuff, so let's skip that. But um, I feel like it's uh, it becomes a joy. Actually, this way of living becomes a joy, um, and it pulls me into surrender. So there's this uh, wonderful reading that I I don't even know if I remember it existed in the Life Lab book um, on page ninety and ninety one. It's um it is from the AA Grapevine. Anybody's heard of that? Um, written April 1953, uh, a year before my house was built. Um, so I'm going to just read a little chunk of it. It's um, the last two paragraphs um, under the heading, yes can mean no. Here's what it says. Compliance creates other problems for the individual. It says yes on the surface and no on the inside. It contributes to the sense of guilt. The person who says yes and feels the opposite has an inward realization that he or she is a two-faced liar. This stirs up his or her conscience and evokes a feeling of guilt. Compliance to detect the unconscious compliance in the reaction of apparent yielding. It is only when a real surrender occurs that compliance is knocked out of the picture, freeing the individual for a series of wholehearted responses, including in the chaos creator, in the alcoholic, in the drug addict, the food eater, the food eater, the food, the overeater, <laughs> um, his, his acceptance of his illness and of his need to do something constructive about it. Now, surrender is essential to wholehearted acceptance. An unconscious, um, unconscious uh, 
compliance, which is a halfway surrender, can be a vital block to genuine surrender. Alcoholics or other addicts of any kind frequently show marked unconscious compliant trends, which not only help to explain some puzzling aspects of their behavior, but also account for their frequent inability to respond meaningfully to treatment. Since the presence of these trends had been, has been more clearly recognized, the response of many patients to therapy has been considerably more satisfactory. Recognition of the process of surrender, acceptance, and compliance can be a source of help in tackling the alcoholic's psychotherapeutically. Um, anyway, I don't know what that last part means. Doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, you know, a few things from there that I really saw when I was reading this again um, was compliance drums up guilt. It calls into question my integrity. If I'm saying yes on the outside, but inside it's really a no, um, that makes me not only to a liar, but it also makes me a people pleaser. I'm sitting here trying to appease you and trying to manipulate you so that you'll I'll get the result that I'm looking for. That's what's really happening. And, you know, uh, someone um, brought up to me the other day, isn't it easier just to live in compliance? Like, isn't it better to just like, okay, fine, I'll have to do this. And then, you know, it shuts that other person up or um, it, it removes the problem or something like that. But, um, I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think it is. I don't think it's easier to live in compliance because what it does is it just builds up the better bitterness. It just builds up the resentment. It builds up the people pleasing. It builds up my dishonesty um, and it creates outer and inner turmoil and chaos, which is exactly what this talks about. It creates other problems for me and other people around me. And it's, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it's really hard to keep up resentment and anger. It's explosive. It can be explosive. Oh, no. No, I can't. Okay, I'll take your ponytail out. Sorry, guys. One second. Come here. Okay. Uh -uh. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, it's out. It's out. Okay. Sorry. Um... So, yeah, so surrender, let's talk about surrender now. So surrender, um, like I was kind of saying about my, my moment in the vehicle as I was contemplating what was, if I was, you know, in my frustration and in my have to's and in my resentment and identifying the fears. Um, surrender be, actually recognizes that the thing that I get to do is actually a gift from God. Do I have to do this or do I get to do this? I don't, Adelaide, you're going to have to wait. You have to wait. I'm in the middle of a meeting. Okay. I don't know what to do. Okay, come here. You can try something. Welcome to parenting and being in recovery, guys. Is anyone a parent and in recovery? This is how it goes. There you go. So, um... Here we go. Actually, my first point is being a mother, <laughs> my kids and the sacrifice it is to be a parent. So I may or may not sleep tonight. Uh, well, I'll probably sleep at some point. Um, I may be woken up at 430 in the morning. 
um, I'm going to be demanded of on a regular basis, as you just saw, point and case right there. Um, and um, finding a quiet moment to think and be quiet and in, I'm interrupted. Here's my, you know what I mean? Do you see the cycle of how I can get into resentment? The, the, the flip side of this surrender, if I get to, I actually realize my kids are a gift from God. My kids are um, a beautiful, beautiful way to show me what it means to sacrifice, to show me, and it reveals all of my selfishness very easily. Um, you know, I think about surrender in terms of my recovery. I get to connect with God. It is a gift. It actually is this amazing gift um, of, you know, as a Christian, I believe it's, it's salvation. This is um, an eternal gift. Um, and it's a gift that is even in the now of receiving peace and love and sanity. Um, you know, working with others is a gift. Um, it's, um, I've noticed within myself, like a shift of, um, I get to work with other people. Um, and, and the gift that I receive often is I get to firsthand every single time um, have a chance to grow in my recovery. Um, as like a little side note, I've been reflecting upon like working with other people as a controller fixer and a chaos creator, how quickly I want to see through everything and help that person. And then it can lead into controlling fixing if I'm not careful. And so I'm constantly battling, um, okay, I, I, I'm not to play God here. I'm here to actually be of real help to you and lead you to God um, and encourage you and um, speak truth. And then I also get to practice this amazing gift of like wisdom and discernment. Like when I'm taking someone through a fifth step, I have to ask God, do I say this right now? Because I'm seeing this. God, is this you? Oh, I can't say that right now because if I say that, it could actually be really destructive and really harmful and hurt that person. They're not ready to hear that right now. Um, and so this gift of being able to work with other people is that yeah, it actually aids in my, um, it really aids in my recovery. And if you have been through the 12 steps and um, aren't working with someone, little side note, work with someone, it's gonna blow your mind and you're gonna just be like, wow, like I had no idea there was this kind of recovery um, past what has been all about me now turning to other people. Um, so I gotta wrap things up here soon. So, um, you know, a question I had was, can something begin in compliance and shift into surrender? Uh, my experience of that has been, yeah, like uh, daily practices or waking up at 6 a.m. or um, working out or these things. Like sometimes there's going to be some compliance there. Sometimes it starts with, oh, I have to. But I think the thing that I'm learning is that it can shift um, into surrender and and even that 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 for me was a breakthrough the other day of just like gratitude all right what am i grateful for here when i feel that have to creep up what am i grateful for i'm grateful for this or i get this and then just seeing that shift shift actually can happen in a moment when i just connect to god and just say okay god change my attitude here. I don't want to go through life of have tos. I want to go through life as of getting to, um, I want your peace. Um, and so, um, and I think too, like maybe, uh, something I wanted that I was thinking about was like, um, 
in a, a daily morning evening review maybe start to see the balance and say okay where's my scale here how much compliance did i have today how much surrender did i have today and like where am i at and i think that can really show a lot of where i'm at even in my own recovery um so that was something i actually found helpful and so um yeah i'm just looking through my notes here i think the thing i want to end with is just that you know a big reason why um life lab or um 12-step programs or churches or anything like that really let us know that it's of huge value to spend time in um, reading the literature which will aid us whether that's the aa big book or the good book the bible um, other literature spending time in prayer and meditation getting quiet getting still um, you know for me it's it's worshiping god um, starting with that and that being an essential part of every single day um, actually catapults me into this attitude and posture of surrender and um, especially for I found for myself in the morning when I start the morning that way uh, a question that pretty much you know nine out of ten times comes up is just father what do I get to do today and it's that that posture which sets me up for the whole day and brings me back into God what do you want me to do today what do you have for me today and that to me is just um, a huge piece of my recovery and um, and recovering from the insanity and getting that peace of mind and that emotional sobriety these things that I grew desperate to to get because I was tired of the way that my mind was going I was tired of the way my relationships were broken and getting more broken and um, and I needed a new way and so this really has this attitude and life of surrender has been completely um, transformational and has brought such a freedom to my life and I know that it's not just me I know that this is a gift for everyone <laughs>